Hey, welcome back to Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K., I am Mariah Rose. And this is a podcast about the 80s, and today we're talking about the 80s. What? Oh, yeah. Oh. We're smack dab in the middle with 1985's hard rock zombies. Here we go. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> this was, to my extreme surprise, a first time watch for you. Absolutely was. I had not seen this until we watched it the other day. I was just completely baffled and blown away by this knowledge because I've seen it multiple times and a film of this caliber for you to have not seen it yet makes zero sense in our household. Well, we talked about it and we figured that out because there was a time when you had a job that was terrible and you got to do what we all dream of doing and like uh, not actually flip the bird to your boss, but essentially... Uh, you did that and got to walk out on a job that sucked. And it was you... a blaze. It was a Bon Jovi blaze of glory. For real, it was amazing. But you were unemployed for a little while after that, which was fine. <laughs> but you, <laughs> I didn't think that through. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you watched a lot of movies and started uh, your blog, The Zombie Spotlight. Oh yeah, so I ran a blog for this was probably what thirteen uh, years ago, maybe or something. It was like. 2008 i think okay i i ran a, a blog called the zombie spotlight where i just reviewed and it um gave critiques of zombie performances in movies like you would highlight random background zombies a lot <laughs> it was cool <laughs> and uh two zombies in this film were featured <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's when you watched it and why i didn't because i was holding down a job okay well i Needless to say, I was so excited when I realized you hadn't seen it because I knew it was coming. So yes. for all the twists and turns that this magical film has, it's I got to see you experience it and get a little glimpse into what it was like the first time I first saw it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, if I could only go back in time. And rewatch and it for re-watch the first it. time. You ever have movies like that where you're just like, oh, I wish I had never seen it and I could just watch it again. I think it's time. more the sentimental ones that we show to our kids. Yeah. like. Uh, like the Princess Bride and stuff where you see it and they don't like you watch your kids watch it and they don't know what's coming and you're like ha 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 I have it all memorized yeah but it's fun to watch somebody else enjoy it well I'm glad you got to see this and we will find out if you enjoyed it or not um that's just me making a joke (laughs) (laughs) who knows maybe I hate it (laughs) yeah right there's hang on till the end to find out um (laughs) So before we get into it, let's do, which we've established now after a month of of stringing it along, cannot be thrift store finds of the week anymore. Yeah, we are over a month, a month and I think seven days now, a month and a week. Two weeks ago when your um, contribution was a feather, that's when I realized maybe maybe this isn't working out. So we've decided to just do uh, random, maybe a things we've acquired or secondhand yeah whatever very uh, fast and loose with it so what what do you have for yeah, so whatever t- this is going to be until the, quarantine's done yeah quarantine edition uh thrift store find maybe uh is an online find so okay. yeah no that counts i have been looking actually but pre quarantine i was looking in thrift stores for a Jane Birkin, um, she had in the 70s this cool bag that she picked up in Morocco. It's like a super French thing to do is carry a little wicker basket 
bag. Uh, so anyway, I I bought a bag in that in that vein. I bought an impractical Jane Birkin style um, wicker basket. Okay, cool. That I'm going to carry around and speak only French while I carry it. Was it new or, or secondhand? Secondhand. It's vintage. Okay. It's, it's, it was not Jane Birkin's as far as I know, unfortunately. No, that's too bad. You know, th- this could kind of be like a virtual thrift store find of the week. Okay. Although mine has nothing to do with any of okay, that. Okay, yeah, because I'm going to still find weird stuff out in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're here long enough that I'm going deeper and deeper. Yeah. Anyway, what about you? What did you find? I uh, My find was a trade this week. I, as you know, I do a lot of trading. Well, mm-hmm. I, not a lot, but... Oh, you through, do a lot. Well, I go through periods of time where <laughs> I'll like, like bulk VHS up. like VHS showing up every day. <laughs> That's true. Well, they're not all trades. Uh, I just really like getting <laughs> movies in the mail. So I I did a trade with a friend on Instagram that I've traded with several times before. And he threw me a tape that I have never heard of, never seen, and never seen another copy for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're in for, but I'm very excited because it's a, definitely a favorite genre of mine. 2003 okay. shot on video straight to video it is called cheerleader autopsy whoa <laughs> and i am such a fan of cheerleader horrors <laughs> what if it's an actual cheerleader's autopsy though you'll have to give it to the police no it's not i watched a trailer for it okay okay so we'll see <laughs> i'm excited i'm sad that it's not from the 80s so we can't cover it but i'm excited for us to be able to watch it you know what i would like to do hmm um, make our own creepy VHS movie that we put out in the desert for somebody to find and give it a creepy title. Like Rush to Die? Like, yeah, like <laughs> let's just film all of Rush to Die and leave it out in the desert for somebody to find. Uh, yeah, we've had no investors step forward so what? far. I'm really bummed out. Huh? I thought people would be just like knocking at our door to, to just fund <laughs> that movie, oh, but sure. alas, it, it has not happened. Oh, well. Okay, well, there you go, folks. Um, you got a wicker purse and I, cheerleader okay. autopsy. I, you can put it in my purse. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's take a photo when we get them together. <laughs> we'll put the, the tape in the purse and take a photo. Okay. Yeah, we're thinking big. All right. This week, Hard Rock Zombies, 1985. Tell me about it, man. Let's uh, let's rock and roll. Let's hard rock and roll. Oh, I don't know if it's really hard rock and roll, no. honestly. It's more like classic rock and so roll. So what do you, because you get mad when I call it butt rock, like any form of well, rock. Well, this definitely tickles the rim of a butt rock. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's, um, butt rock to me, that term, it's very derogatory and I take offense to it. Yes, you do. That's why I say uh, it a lot. <laughs> but I would say the difference would be like, if you're talking, you know, Megadeth or Wasp or Judas Priest, that's like metal. Okay. If you're talking uh, Britney Fox or um, Poison or something like that, that's that's butt rock to me. It's like hair metal that's very glam, but um, clearly for the ladies. Isn't that just panty dropper rock? It's just panty. Yeah, exactly. It's panty dropper so rock. So what's? I feel like butt rock's different. No, I don't. I don't know because, like, what's Bon Jovi and stuff like that? That's uh, kind of butt rock, that's right? Like, but now it's like dad rock. Yeah, this is kind of dad rock. But it, there's a f- couple tracks on here that mm-hmm. are definitely like, oh, this is cool. This is this is metal, but uh, not quite enough. So what what makes something hard rock? Ooh, I don't know. Hard as rock's opposed, like ACDC, as opposed to soft rock. 
Soft Rock's Journey. Yeah, yeah. Hard Rock's ACDC. Okay. Heavy Metal is like uh, Iron Maiden. Okay. 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 I so can follow. You see the arc. Follow mine, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. we're talking hard rock zombies. So you know what? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Nah. Yeah, never mind. No, these guys are more journey. These are this, no. This would be so cool if it was called <laughs> soft rock zombies. Soft rock zombies. <laughs> uh, I saw a trailer for a film that came out a few years ago today called, um, what was it called? Pop punk zombies. Oh. Yeah, I kind of want to watch it, even though I hate pop punk. But I really, I feel like, because I'm a completist with um, mm-hmm. any kind of rock horror, I have to see it. Okay. Okay, enough of that. Oh, do we, we have to yeah, start? We've cleared the field. We really helped everybody along who was as confused as you, but was uh, too afraid to ask the question themselves. Yeah, the I'll shy ask kids it again. In the class, yeah, I'll which... ask again and again, too, because it won't stick in my brain. And you are not the shy kid from class no. at all. No, I'm the <laughs> one that everybody's like, please stop. Stop asking questions so we can talk about this episode. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's start. Okay, Hard Rock Zombies, 1985, written by David Allen Ball and Krishna Shah. Directed by Krishna Shah, who was an Indian filmmaker. Uh, he did several things, but this film in particular has an interesting story behind it on so, how it came to be. Question. He's an Indian filmmaker. Does this mean that this was... I mean, it was obviously filmed in California. Mm-hmm. That was very clear. So is there any connection to India or is he just an, an Indian filmmaker living in America? I think he was just an Indian filmmaker okay. living in... It's kind of similar to... Um, Hack-a-Lantern or Halloween Night, that had an Indian filmmaker, too, where okay. it's just it's just people making films. But uh, with Hack-a-Lantern, that guy had a background in, like, Bollywood thrillers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This guy, it's it's weird. This was a strange film because it wasn't yes. supposed to be a film, if that's not a shock to you. What? Imagine if this film was only 20 minutes long. Oh, that's easy to imagine. Okay, because that's what this film was when it first started. Okay. This film started... As a film within a film to a movie the same year that was being directed by Krishna Shah called American Drive-In. And the film that they were supposed to be watching in mm-hmm. that movie was Hard Rock Zombies. So what we have happening is a an inception, a film inception here. Yeah, or it's kind of like uh, Demons, right? Where you've got a film oh, within a film. Oh, yeah. So it's... That's what this was supposed to be. But what ended up happening is not only was everybody having a good time making the 20 minute short film Hard Rock Zombies for this, Mm -hmm. they thought, well, we've got everything already set up and good to go. Why not just expand it and do two movies at once? We've got all the equipment. It is pretty smart. And I'm glad they did it. So they just uh, reworked it and made it a full length film, an hour and a half long film. But I can tell you. It's probably a 45-minute film when you think about it. It is a stretch. Okay, well, there's the backstory. The music, as you know, uh, my all-time favorite genre film is heavy metal horror. Mm -hmm. And I am very excited when there's a lot of music in the heavy metal horror movies. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case. Uh, But we'll talk about the music itself a little later because I don't want to front end with a ton of information you want to sprinkle it i want to sprinkle it along okay chef's kiss to you okay Okay. (laughs) (laughs) so let's let's get into it okay so this movie starts uh with two dudes in the 80s cruising in their convertible Mm. what more do you need nothing movie's done done but wait 
along the side of the road is a hitchhiker. No, it's not the gr- grizzled, like, homeless man who you usually see that you go, there is a sign saying that the state prison yeah. is, like, two miles up the road. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, in fact, the sexiest babe in the world. Yeah, there's kind of, like, um, I don't know. I I think of there's a, this other film called uh, Hell's Highway where it's just a sexy chick hitchhiking, too. Mm-hmm. It turns out that she's, like, um, demonic, basically. Yep. But... Why would you think this is a good idea? You're two dudes. This chick is clearly out of your league. Trouble has already started. The second you pull over, I, mm, I don't know. They nah. were asking for it. That's all I have to say. No, because guys are always way overshooting their shot. Always. <laughs> That's true. Like, every woman knows this. They're, no. And these guys <laughs> Reach are like, for the stars. We've got a shot. She's all alone. There's no competition. It's just us. Yeah, we and will it works. wear her down. It'll be Stockholm Syndrome after a while. It works. She hops in the car and she is like ready to go. And in fact, she guides them to a. What we're going to call a pond. It's a very small body of water that I think only goes waist high. Yeah. Uh, they get out, but they watch her as she strips down and wades in. Yeah, we don't get the zombie lake scene, you know, no. of her swimming around from underneath the water. No zombies yet. Yeah. But across this pond are two little people. One of them has a demon mask of some I sort. Don't or think like it's a mask. I think that is him. I think he is like a mutant. Okay, but he's it's he's not wearing a mask uh, in the film, but it's obviously a mask on a person. Well, yeah, he doesn't look like that. Okay, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> Why would you ask that? Well, you said it like that. And I was like, oh, do you, no. that's not a human's face. <laughs> no makeup can do that. Show you a picture of him after we're done recording. I know what it just, looks like. Okay, all right. I just didn't know if you did. I I do. Okay, so anyway, they're wearing formal wear, and there's another man who is photographing. Yes. And they're all just kind of creepily watching, but for some reason, the convertible guys are oblivious to this yep. because all of their attention is on the naked chick. Uh-huh. She lures them out, and somehow one is looking away while she murders the other in the water. Like, jets of bloody water bubbling Yeah, up. but she doesn't have, like, a knife on her or anything like no. that. Well, she kills him, and She's then... She's skilled in her trade. She just basically, like wades over to the other guy who's oblivious and just immediately kills him too he doesn't go like hey wait where'd my friend go that was you know two feet over in this teeny tiny pond that was very easy kill yes and then we cut to her with the both of the bodies like laying on the clear plastic wrap to be Mm -hmm. wrapped and the little people and the photographer guy are there and she cuts off the hand of one of them and then she sings i want to hold your hand as she rubs it on her face (laughs) and that's how this movie starts uh first impressions of that opening scene whoa i mean when she sang that song yeah i was like okay yeah i'm in well and now if you're gonna just keep kind of building on this let's cut to it pretty quickly goes to a rock concert obviously we are at the rock concert of definitely not the most metal band ever nope um they hmm not the not the best uh metal horror band not the worst yeah i mean it's it's good it's good they're performing this song Shake, shake, shake it up, baby. Shake, shake, shake it up, baby. Shake, shake. 
which okay it's like a jam right <laughs> it's sure. kind of a sammy hagar style for me I feel which like... isn't my thing but it grows on you over i time. feel like if you heard it a bunch you couldn't help but sing it along sing along with it oh yeah on the radio for sure do you want to describe what the band looks like Oh, well, really, the lead singer, whose name is Jesse, is where my attention went. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're such a groupie. Yeah. So Because you could tell he was a sensitive soul. I know, right? Uh-huh. He is, for sure. Um, so he's got long, oh, a mane. I, I'm pretty sure it's a mullet. It's, like, shorter in the front, but it's combed back, so you can't really tell, and feathered, and it flows majestically. Everything he's wearing is tight. That uh, that hair is something. It's, it's boy, it's high maintenance. Uh, Tennessee top hat. Oh yeah, Kentucky waterfall. Canadian passport. Oh okay. Oh well, no, we're not gonna keep going. Okay, you right. looked at me like you wanted to keep just, going. Well, you know. No hey, no no no. Little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay. But yeah, he <laughs> has got a glorious mullet. I don't even know how to describe it. But he also on top of the mullet. Yeah. Has another very non-metal thing, a mustache. But it's like a handlebar mustache. Is it a handlebar? No, it's not a handlebar. It's just a dude mustache. Yeah. But he he looks like he is the leftovers from the 70s. He's in that era. My parents did it, too, where like they held on to their 70s style well into the 80s, and it kind of worked for a while. Yeah, he's got that look like uh, there's a band called Angel that's like that. There's just these bands that um, look very 70s, like 78, 79, but they're trying to be really cool 80s, and it's it's just kind of awkward. Yeah. They look like that. Yeah. Although, I think that's... you know, I'm on board. There's four of them. There's a drummer. Yeah. With awesome His hair. His hair is fabulous. Yeah. There's a keyboardist who is very animated and does some pretty sweet moves later on. Is this the guy who looks like, what is it, Donovan? He's got, like, the I blonde guess. hair. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what Donovan looks Whatever. like. And then they've got another guitarist. So it's this four-piece. Yes. And that's what we're dealing with. Okay. And the ladies love their music. Oh, there are a bunch of lady groupies, and the men are all sitting at the bar going, I don't understand this. <laughs> and it's fine. Everybody's happy with the situation. Um, and then we go into the changing room where they're all just wearing... Their underpants, <laughs> yeah. like hanging out in a wood paneled room. It it's is weird. Okay, I gave it some thought because okay. clearly I've been in bands my entire life. Yes, and I have never once just walked around in like tidy whities with all my bandmates after a show. In a t-shirt, like a t-shirt and underpants. Yeah, but then again, I didn't wear like spandex on stage, so I don't. Maybe it was, <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe it was like a costume, maybe and you got to get out of your <laughs> uniform. Pull yeah. it off. I I don't know. So most of them are very much dudes who are just going to hook up because the manager brings in all the groupies. Uh We get a pretty sweet line from one of the band members who looks at two of the chicks and says, "Uh, soon I'm going to be a Mormon and you'll all be my wives. But not Jesse. Jesse ain't got time for this. He's too sensitive. He's a sensitive soul. He needs to write sensitive music. Yes. And in fact, he's going to be writing throughout this whole movie. And then, (laughs) like, on overdrive. I do like that, though, that the songs are on the spot. Well, artists got to 
Got to art. Yeah, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Yes. And so while all the groupies are fawning over everybody and Jesse's kind of pouting because he doesn't want to have groupies. Um, excuse me, but maybe don't go into this field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So some weird girl who is an underage teenage girl who is a weird weirdo. Like, never is she not a weird weirdo. Let's establish this yeah, right now. Yeah, she is very, she's very teenager-like. Her name's Cassie. <laughs> there, okay. Oh, Cassie. There was a girl who lived near us uh, growing up in Montana. Near your family? Yeah. Okay. And her name was Cassie. And she was just a normal little kid. But for some reason, she came over once and my mom had cheese that she liked. Mm-hmm. And she was younger than me like two or three grades younger so she was like in my brother's grade and she would come over and go got any cheese (laughs) (laughs) that's what i think of anytime i hear the name cassie dude cassie is such a montana name now that i'm thinking about it wow yeah cassie and like cheryl how many cassies are on birth certificates in montana i don't know i don't know holy got any cheese Uh, (laughs) this cassie asks for no cheese in fact she has on a different mission she tells jesse not to play his next show which i guess is in her hometown yeah which is the dumbest thing to tell a band on tour yeah, he's got to go. That's like how you get your money. Yeah, he's like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Thanks, and teenager. We immediately go to the band in their van yeah. going to the next gig because that's how they make a living. Yep. Um, they have this cool little travel van and in it, Jesse is, I mean, he's serious. He's, he's got to write. He's got, okay, so he plays bass guitar. I, I failed to mention that. Okay. He's he's a real Gene Simmons here. Um, <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's playing, um, it's like a mix between Gene Simmons and Sting. Oh. No, I'm joking. I was just trying to think of bass players. I was like, what? We're not going to go like full on Motorhead here because he doesn't get that luxury. No. But he's playing his um, unplugged bass, which is already annoying because I play bass in bands and get an acoustic bass if you're going to try and write songs on a bus but yeah he's playing his bass and writing this song for the band he's showing it to him mm-hmm. and he's kind of mumbling this nonsense but it's not nonsense no no he is a scholar as well he's got some ancient wisdom he's been reading books he's in been between <laughs> wandering backstage in his underpants he has been reading like the necronomicon or something because he is <laughs> singing an ancient like a uh, spell of the dead yeah and he's going to go ahead and put it to, to verse. Yeah, so he's trying to write an, his next big hit. And while he's writing it, um, there's a fly buzzing around. And the manager is driving the van. Mm-hmm. And he keeps killing the fly, but the fly comes back to life. Mm-hmm. So we, as the audience, yeah, we're like, wait, wait, wait. Is this Conjuring song Conjuring? This is it working? The movie is pretty deep when you think about it. Heck yeah. Wow. So deep. Really well thought out. So many levels. Well, as they're cruising, though, guess Mm -hmm. who is sitting by the side of the road? Maybe a hot chick. Maybe the same babe from the beginning. Yes. Our thumb-wielding sexy babe. Yeah. And they're like, and they just (laughs) slam on their brakes and they pick her up. And she says, well, just come to my house because yeah, we've got a big stay. house and you'll be more comfortable, which was true. It was a big house. Their house is huge. But as soon as they get out of the van, well, first they're greeted by the little people. And one of them makes a real, um, can I give you a hand? 
but he's holding a severed hand. Yep. And they throw it around like a football, Mm -hmm. thinking it's fake, but it's not. I feel (laughs) like if somebody handed me a severed hand, I would instantly know that it was not a fake hand. Yeah, you would think you could put that together. But hey, this isn't their strong suit. No, I mean, they're just there for the chicks. For sure. And speaking of chicks, we meet another chick. Well, we Uh, hear another chick in the house. So this was a, a bit of a confusing point to me. There was an old bearded woman or a werewolf it was unclear <laughs> i wasn't sure if it was like a circus act you know the bearded lady yeah or um an actual werewolf but she was like screaming in a wheelchair <laughs> she was howling <laughs> you looked at me and said is is she howling <laughs> and i just kept my mouth shut you did and then the the sexy babe is like that's my mom she does primal scream therapy and yeah. she just quiets her i guess but that's where they're going to be staying oh and then we're going to cut to band shenanigans the most extremely non-metal scene ever recorded i was i I have a hard time with this one. i loved the scene of course you did it was so fun if you could take like (laughs) of course i did yeah (laughs) it's like if you if you got um twisted sister Mm -hmm. and then said hey guys reenact like a Beatles movie and uh, run around really fast and put your head through like carnival cutouts. They, and they also mime at a bus stop. They do pretend photo shoots. Uh-huh. One of them has like a 70s skateboard and is like skate surfing. And, and he spins around and around and around it, on it. Just They stomp on cars. This whole scene is ridiculous and totally uncool. And it's uh, funny, but it really takes quite a few notches down from being like, a pretty badass metal yeah. horror movie. And th- this is also a good point or time to say that they play a full song, like is playing through this. So we have to hear a whole song before we are done with these band shenanigans. And we also, when we first saw the band, they played a full song. Yeah. So each song's like, I don't know, five minutes long. This is how we end up with an hour and a half movie. That's true. Because they play each song in, in its entirety. Okay, but I have a question for you. Yes. Would you prefer, if the movie was too short and they needed to add on time, would you prefer that it's like, we'll just do a musical number mm-hmm. so at least it's entertaining? Because remember like on Monster Dog, how at the end we just have to sit through... A music video of yeah. Identity Crisis and just watch the we whole movie over again. We have to or we get to? We get to. Okay. And just we end up watching the entire movie again mm-hmm. at the end of the movie? Or would like Rock and Roll Nightmare where it clearly was too short and so they just filmed them driving for like 15 minutes? Mm. What would you prefer? Put your hands together. Both of them. Yep. Thank you. A queen. Yep. Okay. So then... The Okay, so I was troubled. Why? Why does the band end up in jail here? Because that's what happens. And then I realized those shenanigans just, you have to be put in jail. The sheriff got word of it as he was cruising around listening to real metal. Uh And he looked out his window and saw (laughs) these guys. They're full on doing footloose dances. Like, you know the Pee Wee Herman? When he does like the hand motions? Yeah. They're doing that kind of stuff. (laughs) You know the sheriff was like, hell no, not in my town, not ever. No. He throws him in jail. I would like to think that's why he threw him in jail. Can we talk about this jail? We sure can. That's what we're here for. It's not a jail. 
Nope. I mean, there are bars on a window, but it's like somebody's garage. Yeah, it's like a shed. If you were like, hey, can you um, keep a donkey in your garage? Uh Uh-huh. That's what this would be. Put some bars over the window. Put some hay on the floor. You got a jail. And they put are, a band in it. <laughs> they put a band in it. <laughs> They're thrown in jail. Yes. Um, and that's what happens there. And then we're going to cut back to the house of the sexy hitchhiker. Okay. And this is where we are treated to meeting some characters that live in the oh, house. Here we go. Two bizarre old Germans. And this is what the line opens up with as they're laying in bed. In a twin bed. Mm. Oh, scheiße. Amazing. You're 95 years old and you can still do it. Okay, so not only is that happening, but then the two little people, the one mutant one and the other one in formal wear, are watching them. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, they're okay with it. They're like, just don't touch or whatever, but you can watch us. To her credit, (laughs) the old lady's like, go away. And the old man's like, no, no, they're so cute. Who can say no? And then she's like, all right, you can watch. Actually, the old German 94-year-old turns around and goes, what is das? Yeah. This was an uncomfortable scene. I don't know why it was here, but there it was. We watched it. Let's go back to the jail because that weird um, kind of... I don't even know how to describe her. Socially stunted um, teenager Cassie. Got any cheese? (laughs) She runs over and she's put together $30 somehow to bail them out. Yeah. I think it was 37. Okay. Well, she slips it to Jesse and Jesse's like, that's really nice of you. And we find out they're instantly in love, apparently. That's all it takes is two meetings and 37 bucks. Well, they're going to get out. So they get out, but I don't think that she actually bails them out. I think that the the sexy chick from the house is the one that bails them out. But they're back at the mansion setting up for a show. I think it's rehearsal. I think it's a dress rehearsal or like, yeah, just working through a song because... We, we are treated to, uh-huh. in this short time. That, yeah, let's okay. say the timeline here is a nightmare. This is uh, questionable because they were just in jail. The very next scene is, thanks for getting us out of jail. Let's go ahead and set up now and get mm-hmm. back to work because we got a show. And the band performs Cassie's song, which uh-huh. is a power ballad that Jesse oh, yeah. has apparently written in the five minutes from between the jail Uh back to the house and the band knows the entire complicated song perfect well and we know this because he only just learned that her name is cassie that's right and then the lyrics actually are weird because they're got any cheese Cassie. (laughs) (laughs) they're not though but they do start with him like acknowledging that she's too young but uh let's play clip So this is a good time to stop and talk about the music. Okay. Because what I will say is I do like the score. I like this whole soundtrack a lot. Yeah, it's fun. 
Um, but I am kind of shocked at the production quality of yeah. it. It is really good. and it, The songs are catchy. And not only that, they're recorded well. It's produced very well. Yeah. And I thought, okay, wait, what? Because <laughs> how this? did you pull this off? Yeah. So I looked into it because clearly these guys are not a real band. They're just actors. And turns out that it was all written by one guy named Paul Sabu, who was uh, definitely on the scene in the 80s. But he performed, he wrote, performed everything for this movie. He mm-hmm. did all the instruments, all the vocals. That's everything. amazing. Yeah. And uh, he was also a producer. And I mean, come on, like but all things aside. Did he do it all at once? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he tied okay. he tied a drumstick to his foot. And I'm impressed then. Put a banjo between his knees. Wow. No, he, I am really, hats off to this guy because considering how goofy this movie is, the takeaway is the soundtrack is actually pretty amazing. Yeah. It's really well done. Um, the soundtrack itself, when it came out, it's it got a, a, a release recently on vinyl and cassette. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was not the first time it's ever been put out. It actually, this is extremely rare, uh-huh. but it was put out when this movie came out, but only in France. Is it in French? No, it's not in French. Well, the the, the record itself is in like the... The title and stuff is in okay, French. Okay, so they didn't re-record it. But it never was released anywhere else. That, To my knowledge, only one country, and it was super Why? limited. Why France? I don't know. That's such a great question. Why? But um, it is extremely, extremely hard to come by. And um, what? You've got it. And you better believe I got Nerd. it. <laughs> did you like... If you what? got it, you better flaunt is it. Is it here already, or did you in the research go frantically crazy and buy it i didn't go frantically crazy but i discovered so it's not here yet no it's on its way from germany uh, is where (laughs) i tracked it down one copy i had no clue prior to researching for this film that Mm -hmm. the soundtrack was originally released because it's not even under hard rock zombies so i would have never known anyway what is it called uh, it is called, well, I don't want to give that away yet because we're going to talk about it later oh, when we okay. learn the band's name. D'accord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, je ne sais pas. <laughs> okay. But I, I, why I wanted to mention this is because not only is it cool that the soundtrack was released, but let's get back to Paul Sabu. This guy did a great job, so I had to know more about him. I tracked down some interviews and I learned that he was a thing in the 80s. I just had never heard about him. He had a band called Only Child, which was like a metal band. But he also worked with everybody. And this isn't like minor. This is A-list. These are the people that he worked with Who? during the 80s. He worked with Prince, Madonna, David Bowie, Alice Cooper, Elvira. I mean... Uh, Elvira. Yeah. Calm down, Sabu. I mean, that's and that's just like the beginning, but I was blown away. And then as I was reading another interview, one of the guys was clearly a super fan and said, tell me about your work on. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Because my brain like literally shut down and I had to collect myself. I had to take a little walk. Whoa. Come back, do some deep breathing. All right. And go, wait, what? <laughs> he wanted to know. What it was like to work on the film Trick or Treat. What? <laughs> no. And I was like, wait, uh, excuse me? Because Fastway did all the music for Trick or Treat. Turns out 
he has two tracks that he did for the film, mm-hmm. but they are not on the soundtrack because they weren't done by Fastway. He has the song, his band, Only Child, performed a song called Scream Until You Like It, and it's the song that Nuke, Gene Simmons, the DJ, puts on when Ragman comes over right after Sammy Kerr has died. And Nuke puts on the song and then turns and tells him, you know, he's he's not a god, he's just a dude. The band, or the song that's playing in the background is Paul Sabu, who did all the music for Hard Rock Zombies. Whoa. Okay. Are you ready to go even deeper? I don't know. I, I can tell by your look that our excitement is not matched quite. It's a, it's a lot. I, but I feel like you're intrigued. I love... That you're this intense. I feel like this is the moment where we're at the bottom of the wishing well, and you're Andy, and Troy has just sent down that bucket. I send the bucket back up. But you were not yet. But now as you're hearing these connections of metal <laughs> horror, you're about to take off Andy's jacket, put it on oh. the bucket, and send it back up. I'm always a goonie. I'm never a troll. That's right. Because let me tell you how crazy this gets. So I was already blown away that this guy clearly worked on Trick or Treat, or had a song on Trick or Treat. Turns out, Scream Until You Like It uh-huh. was later done by another band what? called Wasp. <laughs> and that song was featured in a film we already did a while back. Can you think of any movie we did that featured Wasp? No, what? Ghoulies 2. Oh, it is it's like the Illuminati. They're Whoa. all connected. Yes, and they're Every, all lizards. <laughs> they're all lizard people writing metal horror together. <laughs> there you go, people. Wow. All you metal horror nerds who are like, oh, I've seen Hard Rock Zombies and I know everything. I just dropped some knowledge. I feel like this is your best research yet. Ever. The most Most important. rewarding. Yeah. Most, most fruitful. And if you guys already knew this out here, don't write in and go, yeah, I knew that. Because yeah. you will take all my thunder away. I'm so excited. Right about what a genius researcher Eric is. Okay, well, that is the uh, history of the music. Woo! Okay, so we're back at the farm. He's just <laughs> finished singing Cassie about his underage love and that he's met two times. Uh-huh. And one of the little people brothers decides this is an opportune time to electrocute the band. But don't worry. Nobody dies here. No. They survive this mild electrocution. Then we go to a town council meeting. And we're going to go here a lot. Let's just kind of summarize. The town council is basically the town from Footloose. They are going to go ahead mm-hmm. and outlaw rock and roll because it's the devil's music. Yep. It's going to be banned. It's very Footloose. Mm-hmm. But it also reminds me of a film that I want to tell you about. What? Because you haven't seen it and I totally forgot to tell you about this. What? I was listening to an episode uh, by the Super Tat Film Club. Is an, uh, some friends of ours over overseas that do awesome uh, movie podcasts as oh, well. Oh, yeah. They said we have really good fake British accents, right? Yeah. And I was kind of like, <laughs> but you haven't even heard my Australian one yet. <laughs> so um, they were doing an episode. I actually think it was their trick or treat episode. Mm-hmm. And one of them, uh, it may have been Hollywood Fletch, said... It reminds me of Rock, It's Your Decision. And I was like, wait, what? And it turns out there was this, I I don't know if it was a made-for-TV. It's less than an hour. It's definitely like an after-school special. Uh, A movie 
1982 called Rock, It's Your Decision. And it was like a Christian propaganda film about this boy and his friends who are listening to rock and roll. And then uh, the local pastor realizes that the music is like really corrupting the youth and gives him like two weeks or something to really think about the lyrics and decide if he really wants to be listening to this kind of stuff. And it's this ridiculous film where he has to struggle (laughs) with if he wants to listen to rock or not. It is so hilarious. And the premise was funny. I immediately looked it up on YouTube, watched it, because I could not believe how ridiculous it was. And it was very rewarding. So for you metal horror fans out there, I think just as um, to to broaden your knowledge of the satanic panic and Mm. the uh, banning of heavy metal and the Tipper Gore, you know, drama and all that kind of stuff, the, the, the stage was set. This film was right in the prime of it. This Christian propaganda film about a kid really struggling. And at the end, he decides, yeah, he does not need rock and roll music. Who does? We all need Cat Stevens. (laughs) Please and thank you. I like Cat Stevens. Anyway, check it out. Okay, so the town council wants to ban the band, which, I mean, it's kind of late in the game. You really should have gotten your act together like two weeks ago. Anyway, Jesse is upstairs in, I guess, what's his room at the the house of the sexy chick, the sexy hitchhiker. It's like a mansion. Yeah. So he's upstairs and he's working on his Conjuring song because that's not coming quite as quickly as Cassie's song. <laughs> and it's hard to rhyme, uh, you know, ancient tongue. Yes, it's true. So he kills... A tarantula and <laughs> like you do it's like got goo coming out of it he puts it in a jar because obviously that's what you do after you squish a bug yeah and he continues to play his conjuring song and the tarantula comes back to life so this is oh, where yeah. he's like oh yeah uh, the song works also there's a hand that's in a jar severed hand in a yes. jar that also comes back to life that looks actually pretty cool it's it's real cool. <laughs> really did like the effect on that uh, well, the sh- so that's happening. He His Conjuring song is in full effect. Yeah. This is very important to the plot of this film. It's probably the most important thing we've said so far. So next, we go to the sexy hitchhiker. She's in the shower. Of course she is. She's got a bar of soap. Guess what she's washing? Well, the only spot that needs to be washed in the 80s if you're a woman are your breasts. Only. You should really soap them up and spend... All your time on that. Just (laughs) rub that bar of soap over that area. That's what women do. Because it's so dirty because it's so exposed. I'd like to think she's like, uh, what's what's his name? Pigpen or whatever from uh, Charlie Brown. Oh. But she gets out and just her breasts are like really squeaky (laughs) clean. (laughs) And the rest of her body is like covered in dirt with flies around it. That's an 80s shower for you. So she's in in the shower doing that. And then the band member with the great hair comes in. Yeah, the drummer. Very presumptuous. He's like, oh, hey, you're in the shower. Here I come. <laughs> and she's she's like, okay, that's cool. Come on in. And stab, stab, stab. She kills him. Yep. Stabs him to death. So the turning point, uh, one of our guys dies. And then we, it's pretty back to back right here. He's killed. And then we immediately go to um, the... Two band members, uh-huh. the guitarist the and the keyboardist, two. 
are upstairs with the mom in the attic. What are they doing in the attic with the mom? What is anybody doing at any point in this movie? But she um, turns into a werewolf. Or a, a bearded woman. And pulls out two switchblades <laughs> and attacks them. Okay. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm like, this With, is amazing. There's nothing to incite this violence. She's just like, okay, I'm killing you now. Yeah, so she kills them. And then we cut to, there's this like ball-headed goon that works on the grounds, like a groundskeeper. Yep. And uh, Jesse is walking around with Cassie outside. Mm-hmm. And the groundskeeper picks up a weed whacker and starts chasing them. Okay. Because he's the last one to survive. So... Of all the lawn care equipment with which to attack another person, yeah, I feel like a, a weed whacker is probably one of the worst choices. I feel like it's like hitting somebody with a small fan because the blade will just hit you and hurt a little, but it wouldn't... I feel like it, it would really like not feel good. I mean, it could cut your skin, but I don't think it would kill you. No. It would take a lot of effort. Well, it couldn't. You'd have to just lay there and like let it gently whip you over and over again for like three hours yeah this isn't like dead alive with a lawnmower this is this is a weed whacker so weed whacker's got a little piece of like a string like a plastic (laughs) Plastic string string, that whips around and around well that's weeds you gotta work with what you got and he comes after jesse jesse realizing his demise well he's with cassie too this is their third meeting yeah and he's like there is no way i can survive a weed whacker no we gotta we gotta separate okay i wrote cassie's song but i also made a demo in that time (laughs) here is a cassette tape with the demo for my Conjuring song, When I Die, please play this for yeah, me. Yeah, he said, He's, if I don't make it, play the song for me. You know what? This is, um, people ask, like, well, I wrote a song. How come I'm not famous? I'm like, because you didn't go 110%. No. Jesse gives it his all. This guy is working. Does he even sleep? No. He, he never... Even when he's dead, he doesn't sleep. Because he, he is rest. working overtime. Yeah. He hands her that demo with full authority. And yeah. she takes it. She takes it. She's and he like, good to go. Is killed by the weed whacker. Yep. Weed whacker guy kills him. Uh, okay. This is what begins from here on out. One of my favorite things about this entire movie. <sighs> Are you talking about the dancing? <laughs> I'm talking about the dancing. Okay. Chain. So the hitchhiker babe. Yes. From this point on. Basically is just like an 80s video dancing in the street. Okay, so, uh, spoiler, at some point she turns into a zombie, but we start seeing her do dancing as a zombie before she's actually a zombie. And her dancing, ooh, how would we describe that? It's a lot of wide legs stepping and kicking. It's She's got very sexy tight pants. It's like if... um. Do you remember the Elaine dance from Seinfeld? <laughs> yes. Imagine if Elaine did that dance in a White Snake video. <laughs> That's <laughs> like what we're working with. Like the sexiest version of <laughs> yeah. the Elaine dance. That's what we're working with. And this one. Wa- wider. There's a lot more yeah. limb flying about. Why I have to mention this is because from here on out, and I'm not joking, till the end of the film, it will randomly cut to her just dancing in the street. What they When they have a break... When they don't know how to make a transition, or when they just need a place for their eyes to rest, they have placed her. Maybe this is symbolic and it's kind of surrealist, and this is actually a transitional image. 
Oh my goodness. Taking us between life and death. Calm down. <laughs> okay. Calm way down. In my research, what I discovered <laughs> was... Okay. So then we go to um, the old people uh, <laughs> the, the that had been like humping earlier. We also learned that the entire band has been killed. Obviously, we saw that, but there has also been a funeral. So yes. their family has not been contacted and... I think it's the same day, but the whole band has been buried. We're on an expedited timeline here because we just need to get through it. Yeah. We don't have time for full funerals. The manager has survived, though. He's And they invited him to dinner, and he's like, cool, cool, cool. Because they want to hire him. And yeah. why? What is the reasoning? I'm going to go ahead because this was your first time watch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you describe. Okay. For those of you who have not seen it. If you really hate spoilers, um, here's a spoiler. Uh, don't listen to our podcast because we talk about movies. Also, this came out like 100 years ago. Yeah. Calm down, dude. But if you really want to keep a big secret to this one, stop it, watch the movie, and come back. Because <laughs> here we go. Let's get into the big reveal. Okay. Is this the big reveal? It's... Um, yes, this is the big reveal. Well, it's something. So they're all at dinner, the weird family of, like, uh, werewolf woman, old man that's 95, little people, one is, is a zombie, camera guy, sexy babe, and manager, all at the dinner table after the funeral. An alarm goes off, and I guess this is the time. The <laughs> old man now rips off his mask and reveals himself to be... Hitler. <laughs> surprise! It's Hitler. It's surprise are all Nazis. And not only is the old man Hitler, but the werewolf is Ava Braun. Yeah. And she wolf of the SS, I he guess. He gives a whole speech explaining, I mean, let's we're playing fast and loose with the term explain. But he says they've been in hiding all this time. They just received their signal and it's time to act. They're going to go rise back up now because he's got some weird, creepy inbred family. Yep. And it's time to go. Meanwhile, Cassie, who is really mourning the loss of her true love. That she's met three times. Uh huh. One of those times in prison. Uh -huh. but And the other time right before he died. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She really is missing him. She goes to his grave. To mourn his loss, uh -huh. pulls out a stereo and puts in the old tape. Yep. Plays it, and we get a really rad scene of them coming back to life, which becomes probably one of the coolest zombie scenes in any zombie movie ever. Because they come back to life. Inexplicably, the drummer now has a construction helmet on. I maybe he um, found it underground while he was I, down there. Was he wearing it at any other time before this? I don't think so, but okay. it really works for him now. And they all come to life. We get this flashback of better times for each of them mm -hmm. to maybe remind the viewers that this is the band. Or perhaps, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe it's to fill up some space in this movie. Well, that's a possibility. Maybe. We I also get flashbacks during this of their own memories of mm -hmm. them being killed. And they do what is probably the greatest zombie walk of all time. Okay, so we have this thing. Fans of zombie movies will know. There's kind of like uh, 
pre 28 days later and post 28 days later yeah where it's like slow moving dumb zombies that you can just push over versus zombies that are really fast and will destroy you just eat machines this hmm (laughs) this is like uh power walking zombies that move with the beat and i don't know how to describe it honestly well first of all i'm gonna say the band is not a zombie band they are not zombies they are maybe ghouls. They show no interest in eating brains or <laughs> bodies or humans. Or They're not just simply non-aggressive. They have just risen from the dead. So I think they're ghouls. I don't think they're zombies. And I... they are not going to rock hard, but they're going to rock. Oh, they're going to rock hard. Are you I th- kidding me? I think this movie needs to be renamed Soft Rock Ghouls. <laughs> Soft rock ghoulies. Um, Not ghoulies. Ghouls. Okay. Ghoulies are different. I'm going to I'm gonna come at you with... Come at me. Yeah. I'm going to come at you, bro. Um, <laughs> with Zombie me. Nightmare, because he is brought back from the dead. Mm-hmm. And he is also kind of non-aggressive. Only He's only there to avenge his death. Yeah. So he's not a zombie. He is a zombie. Are you kidding me? John Zomb- Michael Thor was totally a zombie. But he doesn't eat, well, he's a little more aggressive, but he doesn't eat brains. Exactly. But it's still a zombie nightmare and you didn't have a problem with that. Well, I'm revisiting it. Let's go. Okay. Because. (laughs) You've had some time to think this over. He's a revenge ghoul. He's not a zombie. He's not going after people. He's not eating anybody. No, because his zombiness was brought up in like voodoo tradition. Oh, uh, we've got the voodoo zombie element. Yeah. There's no voodoo here. How do you know that? How do you know that the dead song that he was recording wasn't uh, voodoo ritual? I don't. I this don't is a know. deep movie. Guys, help Quit us. trying to simplify it, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so well, back, back. To, back to the storyline for Soft Rock Ghouls. Um, so meanwhile, the Nazis who have revealed themselves take the manager to a cave and which is also kind of a bunker and we also learn it's a gas chamber yeah um Uh, this film's offensive definitely no i'm gonna say i gave this some thought and i think that it, it does speak to the way that we take power from things that are scary or upsetting as we like People who dislike Donald Trump, they make fun of him. We make fun of him. (laughs) Uh, You know, make them stupid, less terrifying. You take power away by making fun. So I get that that's what's happening in this, for sure. Yeah, although it is a little cringeworthy. but A lot cringeworthy? uh, Yeah, well, I mean... All things considered, this was a bizarre plot twist. Yeah, so they take him. They're like, here's our gas chambers. You want to be our manager? Yes. To this, like, he's like a young dude. He's like 22-ish, maybe. And yep. he's like, um, no thanks. And they're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We're going to kill you. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Jesse comes and with the rest of the zombies, they have... Hard Rock walked back all the way from the grave to the mansion. Also, they've had their makeup done. Yeah, it looks good. It looks real good for coming out of the They earth. do kind of have like faux kiss makeup yes. where it's like um, Alice Cooper kiss, like black. Black and white. It's not like, uh, it's no not like Norwegian death it. metal makeup. So they all come back and basically this scene is just each band member getting their revenge on the one that killed them. So yeah. Jesse kills the groundskeeper Nazi 
Um, the drummer kills the babe, and for good measure, the photographer, who is maybe her brother or husband, I don't know. <laughs> the cares? keyboardist kills um, the mutant servants. The only one left is Hitler, and they all surround him. They encircle him, yep. And they kill him, and this was the primary time you should have ended the film. Yeah, this, this is the most been a great opportune ending. time. Then, to end Hard Rock Zombies right I, there. I mean, I would suggest that this ends. Jesse and the band go underground, and Cassie and the manager the manager reveals himself to also be a 17-year-old, and they start dating. Yep. The end. But that's not what we get. No. Um, however, I'm not sad about it, because, <laughs> because we would not have things that we will be discussing in the near future, which are... Remarkable. Okay. So the manager runs to the town meeting. How he knew where this town meeting was, we'll never know. But he goes there. He runs in. He talks about Hitler and the Walking Dead. And then out of nowhere, there is an old wizard. Yeah, I thought it was like Moses at first. I don't know. He's wearing a robe. Well, his... And he's got a staff. <laughs> he does not have a staff. Yes, he does, doesn't he? No, he's got a crystal ball and a wizard hat. <laughs> No, okay. Well, what I will say is I looked him up because I was so confused. Mm -hmm. His actual character name was Uh Ancient Man. Okay, wizard. That's a pretty cool character name. So he reveals that he has helped the Nazis to live undercover. Then he tells all the townspeople that they're doomed, and then he dies. He just dies. The end of him. Meanwhile, Hitler and Ava Braun have come back to life because of Jesse's stupid song that is bringing everything back to life now. Yes. And so everybody is rising from the dead. The police and a bunch of townspeople also go to investigate what the manager has told them. And so, basically, there's just more zombies being created as the or the Nazi zombies attack and kill the townspeople. They're revived and become zombies themselves. But the okay. band has yeah. escaped. They've got other things to do. They've got needs. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have obligations. They have to play a show no matter what. This is awesome because they hop in their van. And this is one of the only one of two moments where you have to really be on the ball and pause it to catch the band name. Okay, what was it? Holy Moses. Holy Moses. <laughs> it says it on the side of the van, but it also, which I would do anything for to have the original, there's a like four flyers stapled up on the wall in one scene for the gig that night. And it's all of the Holy Moses, too. And I, man, how cool would it be to have one of those? I don't know. How cool would it be? Well, Cassie finds the band in town prepping for the gig. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because guess what? They drove there. They drove themselves there in in the band van. And then we are introduced to a talent scout. Which I guess explains why they came here in the first place was to try and like play a big gig for a talent scout. Obviously, in a footloose style town, this is where you would play your biggest gig of the year. Makes perfect sense. But they start to warm up. He's really jazzed because at first he's on his weird um, mobile phone. No, no. He has a dial phone like the kind that you had in your house in 1987. With a receiver, he's call- taking calls for some reason. But he's sitting in the middle of the theater. Yeah, in theater seating, stadium seating or whatever. And then he also uses the same phone as a microphone with which to speak to the band. Does every seat have a 
personal phone attached? No, because he has it. Like you see that it's he's pulled it in. It's clear. All there is is a phone with a cord that goes yep. nowhere. Yep. It is very much, uh-huh. very much like another episode we covered way back. What? Killer Workout. When Ted Pryor, she's a knockout, gets a ride with the babe after beating up uh, What's-His-Face and goes back to her place uh-huh. for a little something and he has to make a quick phone call. <laughs> Do you remember that scene? Yes. How could I forget it? What, is, what stands out of that scene? That there is no cord and or the longest <laughs> invisible cord of all time. That's I feel like that's the same phone company that provided the phone to this manager. Yes, absolutely. Well, he is blown away because they are jamming out and he's like, wait a minute. Stop everything. Stop the presses. This is the greatest band I've ever heard in my life. And he gets to hear all of Cassie's song because we heard a, a little bit of it the first time. I think we heard like three-fourths of it oh no we get everything now we get to hear the whole song cassie's also there but she's like quivering and hiding kind of behind the seats even though jesse like she walked right in front of jesse (laughs) and he was not aggressive he but he was kind of neutral okay keep in mind too that during cassie's song they're in an empty stadium playing to or like theater playing to the manager and cassie they sound great for being zombies honestly Mm -hmm. and same as alive their makeup is totally looking good. Somebody apparently has turned on a fog machine. And there's also like a set where like there's lights, like cool and, bars yeah. behind them to like dance with. This is quite the production for zombies. Yeah. This good is very um, high achieving zombie. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's good. As far as zombie films go, like these guys can get stuff done. They can rock out. They deserve a, a record contract. <laughs> they do. They really do. <laughs> They're really earning it. They really want they it. They died for that record contract. So let's go back. We've got a bunch of zombies on the loose now. Um, one of them, the little person who is also a, they got a demon face. Mm-hmm. He starts. Let's not finish this because I think we should bring it all the way to the end yeah but to start he's he sees his own hands he puts a mustard on it and starts chowing down yeah he's like sitting at a table yeah and he instead of chasing other people he's gonna just go to town on himself and his brother or whatever it is the other person goes and finds a cow he rides it for a bit and then starts biting the cow to eat it how did he get on the cow he's very small yeah. Did he bring a ladder with him? Uh, well, I think there was steps? a small trampoline. <laughs> I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. Okay. Somehow he got up there. Well, that's what's happening there. The The band continues. We cut back to him just blowing away the scout. And then the 80s babe also, keep in mind, is still dancing, dancing. in the street. In between everything. And then we go back to the townspeople. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, the ones who are still alive, they have, like, hunkered down. They're trying to problem solved they're troubleshooting one of the guys has a book and he's like oh, they don't like heads so they make maybe they're like sitting in one of the spare rooms they're like in a basement there are gigantic suddenly there are cardboard cutouts of celebrities heads marilyn monroe uh jimmy hendrix is one yeah what just the hell big and it's on like pink cardboard (laughs) they put them on like sticks like the heads are the size of like six foot tall they're human-sized heads 
They no, just, no, they're not human-sized head. Like, human as in the head spans the length of an entire human. Yes. So, a six-foot-tall head on a stick. They decide this is the perfect cover, and I think that they're supposed to have just made them after having read that information. This is very, not the first time, not the last time, very Scooby-Doo-esque, mm-hmm. where they're going to kind of sneak away, like Scooby-Doo's going to put on a trash can and just... That would have been a much smarter solution. Way smarter, or actually just being on the shoulders of another person and wearing a giant trench coat and walking away would have been smarter than this. They hide behind the heads. They come out. (laughs) We're not making this up. They they come out. So it's like a person crouched behind a six foot tall Marilyn Monroe head, trying to scoot past zombies to fool them because they read in a book that they think zombies don't like heads. Which, (laughs) what's the one thing we all know about zombies? They They love heads. Yeah, they want heads. They want what's in your head. Anyway, so they start to scoot by, and then the zombies are like, but you're there, and they start attacking the people. Yeah, it was completely failed. The whole point of this scene, I think, was to just showcase the chick dancing in the street. Yeah. I'm not Because she just sure. dances. She's not interested in the killing. She's only in it for the dance. But what I love is now that everybody's zombies and the townsfolk is moving towards the concert... She stops dancing in the middle of the street Uh and starts dancing behind the crowd towards the concert. Like she's hurting them. Like she's an Australian cattle dog, zombie, sexy dancer who's hurting them to the show. Oh, yeah. She's the Pied Piper of (laughs) the giant celebrity heads. It's a symphony of destruction. And she is leading the way. Okay. She's the conductor. She goes... All the way with everybody, and they all want to attend the concert. Yeah. Which we get this sweet-ass jam here. This is the best song on the whole soundtrack, for sure. Yeah. Well, Cassie's song's great, but this is, like, legit. This is metal horror. We get Street Angel. This is pretty badass. This is less ACDC, more like Dokken. And we know that Street Angel is about the sexy zombie because she has been dancing in the street so hard. Well, here's Street Angel. a good song again this paul sabu did a really good job yes. on the score he did it's cool <laughs> okay zombie concert full effect true metal horror because we are actually getting musical numbers and it mm-hmm. rules yeah, this again they play the whole song Boy, they're not they. gonna stop the sexy zombie like so okay oh yeah I'd so she's it. gotta attack <laughs> cassie who's been just creeping like peeking over the seats of this theater for the ever apparently sexy zombie comes from behind but she doesn't just like walk down an aisle she lifts her leg because remember she's a high stepping kind of dancer she sexily climbs over each seat lifting you know left leg up to her shoulder placing it over and climbing like a (laughs) creepy sexy like 80s spider to attack cassie but it's a failure whatever and then the remaining uh, townsfolk are now also, like, reconvening after the failed giant head incident. They're there with a manager, and they're talking about how, okay, 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 the giant heads didn't work. What we really need is a <laughs> sacrificial virgin. 
Duh. It's going to be Cassie. That's it. Because they look at an old lady and she's like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, they're going to take down Cassie and tie her up like um, Clash of the Titans style. Like to a big dead tree. Yeah, they're going to like sacrifice her to the Kraken or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the band is performing this magical song and it ends... Now they've got Cassie. Uh-huh. They go, because their song's done, they're like, hey. Good to go. Look, we got the record contract. Clearly, this guy's impressed by us. We got our revenge. They are going to go not only back to the cemetery, but somehow rebury themselves. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how that happened. I would like to think they dug, like, like dingoes, like, between their legs and then lay down. But whatever. I would like to think that, like, th- three of them were buried by one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of them was just left to do the dingo dig. Aww. But that's, that's what it. happened. They are back there. Okay, so then we are at the sacrifice. Okay, so the townspeople have, are preparing to sacrifice Virgin Cassie. The band's reburied, but the manager comes up and convinces them they have to, like, go save Cassie. And somehow, this band who doesn't talk, they only sing and perform... Somehow managed to devise a plot with this manager where they're going to save Cassie. So they set up at the entrance to the caves that are also the gas chambers. And Mm -hmm. they're going to rock out while the manager puts on a gorilla mask and sneaks by all the zombies. I guess they're confused by the gorilla mask. Who knows? Good old gorilla mask. So they're closing in on Cassie, but then the music's playing. They're like, whoa, whoa, what? Turn around and go towards the music. Yeah. And the manager swoops in with his gorilla mask and rescues Cassie. So now everybody is going to be lured down into the gas chamber Mm -hmm. bunker thing. And they're all going to be um, exterminated. They're gassed. And they're gassed. And that is... How they managed to kill everybody off. Kill all of the dead people. But wait, there's one other zombie who wasn't in this mix. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The one who has been eating himself the entire movie. So we've had a few shots where he's like eating different parts of his body. And then we cut to him and he slurps his own face off of himself like a spaghetti noodle. And it's just a bloody skull. Because he's down to just a head. Yes. And he slurps his skin off his face, and that's the end. It is so cool looking. It is cool. It's really cool looking. And then we go to Cassie at the grave. She's sitting over Jesse's grave. Everything's happened. So apparently after the gassing, either she and the manager reburied Jesse and (laughs) the band for the, this is the third burial, or the (laughs) band just got up and reburied themselves. I don't know. But- Cassie is there. She's sitting over his grave, having met him total four times now, spending maybe eight minutes in his proximity. She's telling him she loves him. She's crying. And then up through the soil, this is somebody who's supposed to be actually buried like a corpse. So I'm assuming from six feet, he's shot up his arm (laughs) and hands her a ring. Yep. There you go. What a glorious ending. Whoa. Mariah Rose Wimmer, tell me your thoughts on Hard Rock Zombies. That was a whole bunch, and I loved it. (laughs) It was. This may be our longest episode we've ever recorded. Really? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) 
<laughs> Clearly. It's an important, it's a pivotal moment in cinema. It is so good. And I'm so happy you have seen it. Um, we own it. I'm very excited because this, I've been after this forever. We never even owned this. Uh, you know, when I used to collect VHS way back when we were younger, then I stopped and then I got back into it. I've never during that time ever owned this and I've always wanted it. Um, I now have it. It's one of the last ones I've been after for my metal horror collection. And I could not be happier that this is in our life and we can watch it anytime we want. Anytime. It's yours. I highly recommend you guys check it out. Um, if you haven't put uh, two and two together, this is Laser Graves approved. Oh, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Top tier Laser Graves, in my opinion. Check it out. I don't know what it's on, but it's on everything. I think it's been released basically on everything. You can find it. Yeah, it's huge cult following. Um, you can find it. Check it out. Recommend it to your friends. You should also recommend us to your friends. Yes, thank you. We've had a lot of new listeners. We really appreciate it. Please continue to share. Yeah, we are having fun doing it. This is all, um, you know, just for the fun of it on our off time. We just want to bring stuff to you guys and entertain you. And if you like what you hear, you can rate, review, subscribe. That really helps. We're anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We are on Instagram at Lasergraves. If you want to follow us on our personal sites, I am at death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And that is it. I am so glad (laughs) we got to talk about hard rock zombies. Yeah. Okay. Till next week. Bye. Bye.